Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning into our show. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course, but if you are one, it's definitely the place for you, especially today, because Mad Movie Man A.J. Hawkery is here for another discussion of Jackie Chan and his remarkable film career. You know, folks, Jackie now boasts 120 movies to his credit, and probably more in production or post-production. A.J. promised to share his updated picks for the best Jackie Chan movies, and I plan to rant and rave about Dragon Blade, Jackie's latest film, which is one of the most expensive movies ever made in China. Plus, I'm so happy to report that Nikki Starr, our producer extraordinaire, is back with us, and we hope she'll join in the fun. We really missed her. Welcome back, Nikki. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. I'm so glad AJ's here, and I love talking about Jackie Chan. That's good, because I think you're a Jackie Chan fan, right? I absolutely am. Of course, of course, of course. Good, and the, the three of us are, and I see that another Jackie Chan fan is in the chat room already, Nancy Lombardo from Comedy Concepts, which is a great show here on Blog Talk Radio every Friday and Monday mornings at 8.30 Eastern Time, so I hope I got that right. Welcome, uh, and thanks for joining us in the chat, uh, Nancy. And I'm so glad that that AJ and Nikki are here together because they make such an excellent team. But before we bring uh, AJ on, I wanted to remind listeners about his background, although I know that he's really concerned about a, a play that he might be involved in uh, later on. But, uh, his, but the main reason he's here is because, uh, and he is here often, a frequent and favorite guest, because he he actually contributes insightful, entertaining reviews to a variety of outlets, including the site that I'm very, very proud of, Real Talk Movie Reviews, and then Classic Movie Guide, Review Express, Terror Tube, and CineSlice, his popular movie blog. AJ was our guest on previous shows about Jackie Chan, because he's... Uh, a Jackie Chan fan, too. The last show that we did about this iconic actor took place back in 2010, five years ago. AJ, thanks for dropping by to talk about Jackie Chan again. Anytime, always glad to do it, especially when it's for to talk about a guy like Jackie Chan, who when I was a kid growing up, uh, when I was just really starting to get into movies, he was one of those guys that just really inspired me, just really grabbed my attention with the humor he brought to his uh, roles and uh, the physicality and 
the action and the comedy and all that stuff. But I I think we're going to get into that very shortly, so I won't dig into it too much right away. Well, it's always more fun here when you're with us. And, you know, I checked on the Internet Movie Database before the show and was surprised to find that Jackie has appeared in 12 more movies since our last discussion about him. So 12 movies in five years, that's uh, quite a record. Why, why do you think Jackie Chan is so popular around the world? Well, the answer to that question was uh, sort of answered earlier this week. I don't know if some of you listeners know uh, there's a Internet personality out there. His name is James Rolfe, and he's uh, best known for the angry video game nerd character. And on Mondays, he kind of does uh, video game Let's Plays with a friend of his, Mike Matei. And on Monday, they actually reviewed a uh, Jackie Chan uh, Nintendo game from the <laughs> 80s, and they were talking about... You know, the because they grew up as Jackie Chan fans as well, and James made the very good point that Jackie Chan is a visual actor. Like he, uh, not a lot of his movies are terribly dialogue driven, and you know it is you know all about the stunts and everything. But he does such a great job of communicating like the emotion of the scene, even when uh, dialogue isn't necessary, and he's. Compared to someone like uh, Bruce Lee or other action stars who can't kind of take a more, you know, uh, hard-edged approach, like he does bring that more lighthearted edge to it, that uh, comedic edge to his role, like even in uh, kind of more rough-and-tumble movies like uh, Police Story, uh, which are kind of more hard-edged crime movies. And so I think that, that, that appeals to people, that combination of, uh, just being very broad and visual and all these stunts that are just so crazy and uh, over the top that he, uh, I don't know if he does so much his own stuff anymore on his own, but uh, back in the day, like, it was all him. It was him taking those hits and taking those crazy chances. And uh, so that combination of the comedy plus that risk-taking element, like, grabs your attention no matter what culture you belong to, no matter what mm. country you're in. When you see a guy, you know, jumping off of a rooftop onto a helicopter and you can see it in his face, he's like, oh, whoa, that really hurt. You're like, oh, wow, I can't believe I made that jump. Like, it connects with you no matter what. Oh, I, those are good points. I, I, I certainly agree with you. Nikki, um, why do you think uh, Jackie has continued to be so popular? Well, I think that he's super funny and he is great for like older people I don't mean this like in a weird way but older people and younger people so that he can relate to every generation you know he's just funny oh that's true that's his kung fu uh, comedy and the way he uses it in all you know in the in in, in uh, action and physical physical activity and fast paced action and uh, combining that with what AJ said as to you really don't need dialogue. I mean, it's like the old silent movies. You know, you could see these stunts. You could, you know, tell from the expression on people's faces. And and he's so likable. I mean, he is. He just and I, and a, he just, he's a, it doesn't matter whether you're young or old. Like, he just transcends generations. Yeah, all ages, all ages. Yep. I think that's a that's a very, very good uh, point. Excellent answers from both of you. I I do think that uh, kung fu comedy and stunning choreography 
for those fast-paced uh, action pieces. Uh, I think that it's just timeless. And, and uh, people, you know, when we're gone, <laughs> they're going to be talking or still enjoying some of those uh, scenes, just like uh, I do Buster Keaton's work in in the uh, in the silent movie so i think that they're uh, that he really is uh, a genius and uh, and his work is timeless now aj during our last discussion back in 2010 you were looking forward to jackie's portrayal of mr miyagi in the karate kid did right. jackie live up to your expectations in that remake well, it's been uh, five years since I've uh, seen the movie, so it's kind of had a little while to kind of drift around in my consciousness. So there's only so much of it I remember. I remember it was one of those movies that, you know, I was definitely looking forward to it because of Jackie Chan, but the rest of it was kind of like, okay, we'll see how this goes. It was a little bit on the dicey side. But I saw it, and I did think, and I did enjoy it. I think it was better. It was definitely better than I was anticipating it would be. And a lot of it was because of uh, Jackie Chan. You know, like we just said, you know, Jackie Chan is one of those, like, famous figures who's known for, you know, the, the stunt work and the fights and everything. But he really hasn't had that much of an opportunity to act. And this is one of those times where he does that in addition to doing the uh, fights and stuff on definitely more of a low-key level, but he definitely pulled it off. He, I don't know if I would uh, say it's on par as uh, with uh, Pat Morita's performance in the original Karate Kid, because, you know, obviously he, uh, the Pat Morita performance had a lot more time to kind of drift around in, you know, the pop culture has uh, had a couple more generations to endear itself to people. But I thought uh, Jackie Chan did a terrific job, like in that, in the equivalent of that role. Uh, it, it, he did. He really had the dramatic chops to pull through and made you feel for his character and uh, took it to some deeper places. When uh, the movie got a little, you know, kind of cliched and silly, uh, Jackie was there to pull things back down to earth. The movie as a whole. Like I said, I did enjoy it. it I do kind of have my reservations. I still don't think Jaden Smith did uh, the best job in there. And uh, it, it was really, and, and most of all, like, it shouldn't have been called The Karate Kid. It was only a movie called Karate Kid just to kind of cash in on the nostalgia and the name brand recognition because it is about uh, Kung Fu, which, you know, completely different uh, style of martial arts and different country of uh, origin as well. But on the whole, like, it was an entertaining movie, and uh, Jackie's performance was a big part of that. It was like when uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, who, you know, people have made jokes for years and years and still do, when he uh, came out and did JCVD, where he uh, portrayed himself in this dramatized version of his life, and he gets involved in these robbers and everything, and he has a monologue to the camera, like a five-minute, just about, like, uncut monologue, where he talks about how uh, how he feels so fortunate and lucky to have been given all these chances, and he wishes other people would have these chances, and he just, like, surprises you so much with his dramatic range and how much he means it. And uh, Jackie definitely brought that kind of uh, edge to his performance in The Karate Kid, where he just totally surprised you. He did not expect a dramatic performance like that coming, and uh, he did a really good job with it. 
well said. I I thought he was fantastic. I even wanted him to get an Oscar nomination for that uh, that role. How about you, Nikki? I don't know. Is Nikki on Nikki on the line? Well, we'll come back. We'll come back to her. Um, I I really enjoyed him in in the Karate Kid. I I was quite surprised about that because the reason I like Jackie Chan and I'll always be a Jackie Chan fan is because he is so he can do his comic timing is just perfect and I know uh, comedy concept uh, uh, Nancy Lombardo is asking that question she wants me to say why why do I like him and the main reason I like him is he makes me laugh and he's so likable and of course the way he ties the the uh, the comedy in the kung fu comedy in with the with the action and the chore- choreography, the great choreography for his stunts. Uh, I mean, I'll always be thankful to him for for giving me those kind of thrills. Well, that takes us to what are your top five oh, Jackie Chan films? I was going to, I was going to, Betty Jo was going to say, yes. you know, that's not to say that uh, Jackie Chan hasn't been uh, dramatic in the past, and especially in some of his older uh, Hong Kong movies. I remember, I believe, there was one, I think it was in the late 80s or early 90s, it was uh, Crime Story, which is a different yeah. movie from his uh, police story movies. And I remember that being definitely more uh, dramatic. So I remember, like, there's, like, he has the big confrontation with, like, the big uh, corrupt cop at the end, and he's kind of going after him, and he's really intense, and it's kind of like, whoa, you don't get to see this side of uh, Jackie very often. So it's not like it totally came out of left field that, oh, Jackie Chan's doing a drama. What's going on here? Yes. But uh, but just in kind of a project like this, like, oh, a, a crummy-looking Karate Kid remake, and he did such a good job in there. It's like you knew he was going to do – he was going to be pretty good from the start, but in terms of, like, doing so well, he was like – he picked up kind of the movie with him. Like, that's what's kind of surprised you most. Yes, well, that's a good point, definitely. Uh but I'll, I still like him more, you know, when he is doing the thing that he does so well. And uh, a lot of people can do the do the dramatic roles, and uh, comedy is hard. What is that? What does that say? That one doctor said. Well, that one actor said when he was dying, uh, dying is easy. Comedy is hard. <laughs> and I, yeah. I think if, if a person can do comedy and do it so well and has that perfect timing. You know, I I hate to see them kind of spend their time doing something that other other people can do. But um, that said, uh, we do we have promised our listeners that we'll we'll let them know what our top five Jackie Chan films are. And so, why don't you go first on that, AJ? All right, my top five. It's in no particular order. And uh, when I was kind of making this list, I was kind of disappointed that I didn't have uh, so many of his older movies, so to speak, like from the 80s upward, because as big of a Jackie Chan fan as I am, I still, I still have a education in his uh, original stuff to yes. kind of get me uh, up to speed. So this is just kind of like more of my, my uh, childhood favorites. Uh, when I really got to know Jackie Chan uh, when I first when he first came to my attention, so these aren't necessarily like his all around best movies. I still have a lot of movies to watch, but here are the ones that just put a smile on my face, less like every time I watch them. 
my first two picks, I'm kind of combining them into one because they're the first ones that brought him to my attention, and those are uh, Rumble in the Bronx and uh, Jackie Chan's First Strike. These are two of the movies that I uh, first saw from Jackie Chan and just first kind of like fell in love with his style and the uh, and there are movies that don't really have, like, the strongest of plots. You know, in Rumble in the Bronx, he goes to New York and ends up going against some bad guys. And in uh, Jackie mm-hmm. Chan, uh, Jackie Chan's first strike, uh, which is a continuation, I believe, of his police story series, but it's definitely more of, like, a lighthearted uh, one where he's kind of, like, more of a globetrotting spy than a, uh, you know, kind of like a gritty local uh, cop deal. But they have uh, some of the coolest stunt work that uh, I've seen, and like I said, it was the these were the movies that uh, captured my attention first. I think Rumble in the Bronx had that, you know, fight against the bugs in the warehouse, and he's like jumping through uh, uh, grocery carts trying to get away. And you know, in First Strike, you have him taking out a bunch of bad guys with a ladder, and that's it's so much fun. And I know uh, for the longest time, not a whole a lot of his these movies from the '90s and stuff were available on uh, Blu-ray, but I know starting next month that uh, Rumble in the Bronx and First Strike are coming to Blu-ray, so these are going to be definite pickups. Indefinite pickups in the future. It's been a while since I've seen these. Gotta catch them again. Um, my third, so yeah, Rumble in the Bronx, First Strike, two of my favorites for sure. Another one that I watched uh, back in the day, and is probably the one that I have seen the most of Jackie Chan, and that is who am I? Where uh, he plays a uh, com- he plays a commando, and during this mission, like something goes wrong, and he ends up falling. I think he like falls into a tree or something, and he basically gets amnesia, and yeah. he uh, is taken in by this tribe. And when they ask him <clears throat> what his name is, like you know, he keeps saying like Who am I? And so that's what they think his name is. Who am I? And so he kind of goes on this quest to get his identity back and he runs into all these bad guys on the way, and uh, just the last half hour of this movie is filled with so many stunts that are just so cool. You have him, like, running down, like, this uh, glass uh, this glass ceiling, this slanted glass ceiling, this uh, roof, rooftop fight against these two guys who are just kind of, like, very casual about it, and you, you can see Jackie, you know, just narrowly... Uh, getting away from these guys, you know, getting hurt. And he's like, oh, ah, ooh. And it's just so cool. <laughs> and it's just a, just a it fun. Is. It's it's kind of one of those bitter balances of uh, the humorous with a little bit of uh, grittiness to it, but not too much. It's really well done. Uh, my uh, fourth pick, uh, which many consider to be his best, and is one that it's sad to say that I haven't seen in a very long time, and that is uh, The Legend of Drunken Master. And uh, my memories of this one are, it's been a very long time, probably at least 10 years, if not a little more, since I've seen this one last. Uh, but my memories of this one are very fun. I want to say there's a scene of him, like, you know, running over hot coals, and, uh, you know, he has his uh, drunken boxing style going on in this one. It's one that I uh, picked up in a set with a bunch of other martial arts movies, and uh, it's one I've always wanted to revisit, and it's... I think it's high time that I watched this one again because I remember liking this one so much, and it is very much beloved by uh, Jackie Chan's fans, as I remember. 
So, yeah, Legend of Drunken Master, number fourth pick. And then my fifth one, definitely its quality is disputed amongst fans, but I had such a fun time in the theater watching it. And that is Shanghai Nights, where uh, it's the sequel to his uh, 2000 hit with Owen Wilson, Shanghai Noon, which takes him to London, has him interacting with with uh, certain figures like Artie, you know, who's like, oh, by the way, my name's Artie, Arthur Conan Doyle. And then you have little Charlie <laughs> Chaplin in there. And it just gets so silly. And you have this uh, fight with umbrellas. And then you have uh, another martial arts great in there, Donnie Yen from uh, from uh, Iron Monkey. And he's going to be in one of the new Star Wars movies, Rogue One. And uh, it, it's it's extremely silly. It's extremely over the top. But you know, so was the first one. So was Shanghai Noon to a degree. And uh, I'm you. You can pretty much uh, just pick whichever one of the two, Shanghai Noon or Shanghai Nights, is my favorite in any given situation. It kind of changes. But for now, uh, I'm going with Shanghai Nights just because it was the most recent one that I had seen. And uh, I just had such a great time in the theater. I walked out with a smile on my face, even though. Uh, kind of going home, it's like, okay, that was extremely far-fetched and goofy and silly, but I still had a good time anyway. I am so glad that you picked one of the Shanghai <laughs> movies because I have both of them on my on my top five. And uh, since you've already talked about uh, Shanghai Nights, one of the things that I liked about that was uh, there, there was a scene that was just so amusing that fans of Singing in the Rain, that movie, if they if they haven't seen Shanghai Nights, they should see it just for that one scene. I mean, the the choreography in this in that scene was so terrific that uh, Jackie Chan put together, and uh, I do love the combination of uh, Owen Wilson and Jackie Chan together. I think mm-hmm. they just Oh, they work off each other so great, and I loved all these things that that Jackie Chan used there in Shanghai Nights. The umbrellas, the lemons, the vases, the revolving doors, and they seem harmless, but they're used as weapons. <laughs> and she uh, just—it was just—I like you. I walked out with a smile on my face. And in Shanghai Noon, that's the one I saw before. Of course, I saw Shanghai Nights, and. I thought that Mel Brooks's Blazing Saddles was the most outrageous Western that I had ever seen, but I hadn't seen Shanghai Noon before the Blazing Saddles, and I think they're on a par. They're definitely on a on a par. And again, those two, Chan and, and Wilson, they just make such a great uh, pair together. And the humor in, in that movie in Shanghai Noon was great, and and you can't have a western without uh, horses. There was a wonderful horse in this movie called Fido. <laughs> Almost stole stole the uh, movie from Jackie Chan. I laughed so hard when this horse would sit on his haunches just like a dog to drink a bottle of whiskey <laughs> for one sequence. <laughs> and this had such you know fast-paced, funny action with a classic. The bell tower, the struggle in the bell tower of an old church. Yes. That's a masterpiece of comic timing and physical ability. So, so I'm so glad you you enjoyed both of those films. And I I know that you don't agree with me on the Karate Kid, but I do have that on my top five. 
because I loved the um, change of the setting uh, to China. I think it worked so well for this remake. And, of course, I thought that, that Jackie Chan did the, the dramatic role. Uh, so There was so much depth and, and uh, special charm in that performance that it just blew me away. But um, in China, we got, to, we, we got to see so many gorgeous sites. We got to see the Forbidden City, the Great Wall, the Chinese architecture, the lush landscapes, and such beautiful cinematograph- cinematography, especially that lady and the cobra scene. And I, I just thought this movie was visually appealing and, and so engaging. Now, I know you're going to moan on this next one. Oh, boy. I, I'm getting prepared. Okay. Yeah, okay. The Spy Next Door that came out in Oh, no. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't. Oh, I, I just laughed throughout. This is the comedy again. This is the comic Jackie Chan. And here he is, a, a spy on loan. Uh, to the CIA from the Chinese from Chinese intelligence, he wants to retire, and uh, then he gets called back on a mission, and he wants to retire and marry the lady next door, so so he's kind of babysitting for her. She's a, a divorcee, and uh, the, the scenes with him and the and the little kids were just so so much fun to watch and then we had all of these innocent objects used you know in such weird ways the bicycle chairs lamps pots pans skillets and dishes and uh, this was a predictable movie but i thought it was such fun to watch and especially you know he was giving his all i appreciated that here he is then he was you know over 50 and he was pulled out all the stops anyway uh at an age when many actors have stopped trying. And then my fifth one is Around the World in 80 Days that came out in 2004. And honestly, I thought Jackie Chan was just threw himself so enthusiastically into this role of this valet who's involved in more than serving his master. And Steve Coogan, oh my gosh, Im- impeccable comi- comic timing. And I think all they wanted to do with this film, which was a remake of an Oscar-winning film of the same name a few years ago, was to uh, to do an epic with a sense of humor, and they certainly succeeded in in that. And and also, then we got to go just all over the world <laughs> with with Chan, and that colorful fight during a visit to an art gallery in Paris is one of Jackie Chan's best. Uh, set pieces. So those are those are my five, and and at least we agree on the Shanghai uh, nights. So I think it's time to listen to two brief messages from a pair of loyal listeners. Hi, comedian Nancy Lombardo here, host of Comedy Concepts Blog Talk Radio, and when I need my movie fix. You'll know where I'll be found. That's right, every Tuesday at 4 p.m., listening to Betty Jo Tucker on Movie Attic Headquarters Blog Talk Radio. Show me the funny, Betty. Show me the funny. You're listening to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker. She's the real deal in what's happening on film. And if you're not real careful... You might hear the confessions of a movie addict. So get your popcorn and stay right there in your seat 
for Movie Attic Headquarters. And now, back to our feature. <laughs> Thanks so much, Nancy and Steve, for those uh, fun promos. And, dear listeners, be sure to check out Nancy's very funny comedy concept show, as I mentioned before, here on BTR, and it's aired each Monday and Friday morning at 10.30 Eastern Time. Another entertaining show you should check out is the Mom and Pop Shop Show, hosted by Mr. Showbiz himself, George Bettinger. It airs over there on DreamStream Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And don't forget, all the diverse shows on the Wacko Network here on BTR. There's something for everyone in the Wacko wheelhouse. And now, let's turn to the other extreme, AJ. Do you still consider Robin B. Hood to be Jackie's worst film? That's what you mentioned back in 2010. Or is there another one to replace it now? Well, fortunately, I haven't seen very many uh, Jackie Chan movies since then that have been really terrible. I think I can't for, I can't remember if I saw The Spy Next Door by the time we had done uh, <laughs> the last Jackie Chan show. They would it would definitely give Robin B. Hood a run for its money in terms of you know the Jackie Chan's worst movie. Oh. But oh, I, I, I know, I know, I'm sorry, but The Spy Next Door. That was uh, it was kind of it, it was definitely bad, but it was more bad in a okay. This this is kind of terrible in the moment. It's really cliched, you know. It's like the the tough the cinematic tough guy, you know, being teamed up with like the precocious youngsters, and the youngsters don't like them, and but then they warm up to each other. So it's definitely cliched, and it's been done to death. But it's nothing that really kind of, like, made me mad or angry or anything. It's like, okay, this is bad in the moment, but I'm going to forget about it in a, in a couple days or so. And that's pretty much what happened. Like, it just kind of drifted out. It's like, okay, that stunk, but whatever. But Robin B. Well, Hood, what's that? No, I was going to ask you about Robin Robin B. Hood. I'm trying to, to forget what you said about uh about the spy next door, but uh, Robin B. Hood I haven't seen. So what? What is the the plot of that film? Well, Robin B. Hood. It's one of the few movies where uh, Jackie actually plays sort of a bad guy. Uh, not Whoa. you know, not a straight, not a straight out and out villain. Because uh, I know, I know there was a story like uh, back when uh, Sylvester Stallone was doing uh, Demolition Man. He had originally wanted Jackie Chan, uh, or the filmmakers wanted Jackie Chan to play the bad guy that was eventually played by Wesley Snipes, and he didn't want to do it because he didn't want his fans seeing him as a bad guy, which was definitely a good move, especially for as kind of rough as that movie was. I don't think it would have worked with uh, Jackie Chan in that sort of role. But uh, Jackie Chan, he plays a, a bad guy in the sense that he plays a thief, and he ends up, you know, he and his partner end up having to take care of this baby. And uh, it's it's another kind of spy next door situation, but uh, not without the kind of like Home Alone edge to it, you know, where, he, where there's pranks or anything and uh, gets involved with the kid's lives and tries to make it better. It's like, hey, he's a thief and he has to take care of a little baby. Oh, what's happening here? And uh, there's a lot of, you know, just kind of really really corny jokes in there. I remember there's like Brokeback Mountain jokes. 
Oh. And uh, stuff like that. We're just kind of like, what? what is happening here? And it's a movie that is has such high emotion going on for it. We're like the stakes at the end of the movie where it's like he's in danger of, well, Jackie Chan's character is in danger of like losing his life and he's about to like freeze to death and there's all these big emotions going on. You're like, over this cliched of a story, like over this goofy little comedy, it's <laughs> taking itself so seriously at the end and it's just, it it kind of like transcends the point where it's like it's so over the top that it's funny and then it kind of becomes irritating in a little bit. We just kind of like, what is your deal movie? And then it just kind of becomes funny again and keeps going back and forth. And the stunt work, uh, it's kind of okay. There's no like real big sequences that I can recall out of that movie. I can just recall like the just the high emotions of uh, the movie in general. Like it just, it's so broad and so silly and over the top and just kind of great on you after a while. So, yeah, that movie, uh, Robin B. Hood, is definitely one that I've kind of more actively disliked than uh, The Spy Next Door. The Spy Next Door, I can just kind of forget about and anything like that. But Robin B. Hood, I still think about that, and it's like, oh, man, what was up with that movie? Well, I, I think I'm not going to put that on my uh, Netflix list because I, I don't wouldn't like to see him as even a – you know, just a hint of a bad uh, of a bad guy. But we promised our listeners also that I would do uh, review Dragon Blade, and which is uh, Jackie's latest uh, movie that's been released here in uh, theaters in in the U.S. of A. I did see it on on demand. I didn't see it on the big screen, and that might make a difference. And as you know, I've been. Uh, doing uh, poems about movies for my for my reviews and that's the way I started out uh, this review so um, let me just uh, share it with you instead of war make friends of foes Dragon Blade shows how that goes set in China with Jackie Chan as guard will on a peaceful a peaceful man assigned to keep the Silk Road free of fights and war and thievery 50 B.C. is this film's year. Roman soldiers make Wuhan fear. But he befriends the leader man, and they become each other's fan. John Cusack seems a bit miscast. His Roman role wears thin too fast. Yet his castmates, Brody and Chan, play evil and good, nothing to pan. The movie's theme, Make Peace, Not War, is sound, of course, but battles soar across the screen in bloody scenes. So what is it this movie means? A confusing plot worsens things. Yet I loved it when Jackie sings. And his fight scenes are fun to see. He'll always be a star to me. Epic in scope is Dragon Blade. But not the best film Chan has made. Now you know I feel disappointed with myself that I have to have to give uh, have to kind of pan parts of this uh, this movie. Uh, I mentioned Brody in the poem, and that's Adrian Brody, who just oozes evil as uh, Tiberius, a, a Roman consul who is trying to take over the Silk Road. But uh, this is um, this is going to be a disappointment for some Jackie Chan uh, fans. Because usually um, there's a lot of comic timing and physical activity, and uh, in this we concentrate more on uh, Chan's dramatic acting ability, and there are some humorous moments, uh, especially 
when uh, Chan's pacifist character has to fight someone. I mean, it's beautifully done. But the comedy definitely gets downplayed here. And, you know, it seems a little bit, even a little bit of uh, out of place. But what what is uh, also very uh, annoying is that I think this movie was released in China uh, as a longer movie. And so that's the reason that I couldn't figure out a lot of the of the plot. And there were just so many flashbacks that just interrupted the flow of the of the movie. There was a, a battle scene where so many different uh, different uh, platoons from all ethnic groups came over to help defeat uh, Tiberius, and it was just uh, it just went on and on and on. And uh, but. But it was, you know, well, it was well done. It was just, it was just too, too long. So, um, so I, I couldn't really give a, a glowing review to a Jackie, to this Jackie Chan movie, and I was very disappointed. Have you heard anything about this movie, uh, AJ? I know I did see uh, like the poster and kind of the news stories, you know, kind of explaining the plot and who was in it. And you kind of look at a movie like Dragon Blade, you're like, okay, Adrian Brody, uh, John Cusack, and Jackie Chan. I think someone on Twitter said it best when they kind of mentioned it looked like one of the fake movies. That was before uh, Tropic Thunder, like one of those fake trailers where you're just kind of like, okay, it just seems so ludicrous of an idea. Um, I can't, uh, I haven't seen it, so I can't attest for the quality of the movie itself. You know, with kind of a hodgepodge of actors like those, I am definitely curious to check it out for myself, and even though you did, you disliked it, it's like, at this point, you know, what's one more uh, terrible movie after all, after the many, many years of bad movies that I've seen? So, for curiosity's sake, I'll probably check Dragon Blade out, if only just to see uh, Jackie Chan in action. Well, yes, he, and he is fun uh, to watch, and uh, just not enough of his comedy in, in that uh, particular movie. I was given an assignment five years ago, and I didn't realize it till I listened to the show again, and uh, our time is going by, but I wanted to say that I've made some progress on it. I was supposed to try to um, find a, uh, a movie that could be made by Hugh Jackman and Jackie Chan, and a musical, because Jackie Chan wants to make a musical. And I found one, a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's uh, court, and we could have ja- we could have Jackie Chan as a uh, modern-day martial arts instructor in London, and some way he gets traveled to the past uh, to King Arthur's court, and we could have Hugh Jackman as either King Arthur or one of the knights, and there's a wizard that's going to wants to destroy King Arthur and Camelot and all of that. And there's music by Lawrence and Hart, and the tunes are. I saw the movie that was made with with Bing Crosby, and the tunes are are great. And uh, so <laughs> there could be some dance numbers with Jackman and <laughs> and with and with Chan. And so now all I have to do is persuade uh, Hugh Jackman and Jackie Chan to to get to get with this get with this project. <laughs> You know, AJ, it's almost time to wrap things up. I'm so sorry because it's been such a treat to talk with you again. And I, I was hoping that Nick, Nikki could join in for more, but I'm so happy that she's back. So I want to thank her, and uh, 
I also want to thank Jackie Chan for all of the thrills and pleasure that he's given us in the in the movies, and, and we hope he continues to do so. Also, I want to remind everyone about our Best Film President event. It's not too late to send in your vote for the actor you think should be named the Best Film President. Just send your vote in an email to me at realtalk at comcast.net. That's R-E-E-L, realtalk at comcast.net, and the deadline is September 30th. As a thank you for voting, I'll place your names in our random drawing for a free copy of my award-winning memoir, Confessions of a Movie Addict. Let me go over the actors in contention this year. Harrison Ford in Air Force One, Bill Pullman in Independence Day, Henry Fonda in Failsafe, Morgan Freeman in Deep Impact, Polly Bergen, that's my candidate, in Kisses for My President, Kevin Kline in Dave, Jeff Bridges in The Contender, Peter Sellers in Dr. Strangelove, Jack Nicholson in Mars Attacks, Michael Douglas in The American President, Danny Glover in 2012, Stephen Colbert in Monsters vs. Aliens. I can't, I'm out of breath. And Daniel Day-Lewis in Lincoln. So be sure to cast, cast your vote by September 30th. I see our time is up. So I want to thank uh, our chatters. We've had Nancy Lombardo, and we really uh, appreciate her joining the chat. want to thank all of our listeners. And um, I, I will mention that next week, you don't want to miss, we've got actor Bill Allen with us. He's, uh, his autobiography is titled My Rad Life because he starred in a cult movie called Rad about BMX racing some 30 years ago and now is appearing in another BMX film called Heroes of Dirt. And in between those uh, projects, He's appeared in many films, uh, some by Robert Altman and Oliver Stone, and he was even in a Breaking Bad television episode, so you don't want to miss, miss that. In the meantime, don't you forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. That's all for now, folks, because Jackie Chan did such a great job paying tribute to Singing in the Rain in Shanghai Nights, which is one of AJ's favorites and mine. Here's Gene Kelly to take us out with that wonderful title song. What a glorious feel, and I'm happy again. I'm laughing at clouds, dark up above. The sun's in my heart, and I'm ready for love. Let the stormy clouds chase everyone from the plane. Come on with the rain. Have a smile on my face I walk down the lane With a happy refrain Just singing, singing in the rain Dance 
happy again. Singing in